This is Studio A from Interlochen Public Radio. Welcome to Studio A. I'm Emily Duncan Wilson, and today we're not actually in Studio A. We're at the Metropolitan Opera in New York City at the final dress rehearsal of Daniel Catan's opera, Florencia and El Amazonas. I got to sit down with esteemed director Mary Zimmerman, puppet designer and puppeteer Tom Lee, and the amazingly kind Gabriela Reyes, who sings the role of Rosalba in Florencia, to talk about what it takes to put the Amazon on stage at the Met and create a piece as colorful and magical as this. My name is Mary Zimmerman, and I'm the director of Florencia in El Amazonas. My name is Tom Lee, and I'm um, a puppeteer and a puppet designer from the Chicago Puppet Studio in Florencia in El Amazonas. And I also happen to dance a little bit in the piece just by virtue of, of what we're all doing. And I'm so excited to be part of this, uh, this new opera. Hi, my name is Gabriela Reyes, and I'm singing Rosalba in Florencia in El Amazonas. You just performed in the final dress rehearsal. How did it go? It went so well. <laughs> I had such a good time. I think today the energy in the room, the energy of the audience, and also there was a lot of there were a lot of kids in the audience. It brought us so much joy, and I felt it. It was kind of like buzzy on stage. <laughs> so it felt amazing, and I'm so glad that it sounded like everyone enjoyed it. It's wonderful to have a first practice audience like this. Like this audience didn't pay. And the trade-off for that is like sometimes we have to stop or we're still, you know, the lights are changing all the time. They're not quite right or things are just happening like that that are accidents. But the singers get the experience of like someone's actually listening, someone's actually watching, who's hearing the story for the first time. And that does something to them. It helps them tell the story. It helps them remember like, oh, this is meaningful for the first time. How did you meet Florencia as a piece and how did you start the process? This opera isn't done very much. It was written in the 1990s, and it, it definitely has been done, but it's not like the operas that almost everyone knows and are done every year in every opera house. And that's actually a wonderful thing for us because there's a freshness, and often in opera the singers are being compared to past performances and recordings, and this person sang, and I saw this person when I was a child, and all of that, and we sort of have none of that. But my own first experience was just listening to it. There's one recording from Houston, Grand Opera, I believe. But also on YouTube, there is a Mexico City production, a few years old, and that, I find it easiest to learn an opera by watching a production. It just helps me distinguish the scenes and what's happening. And then I, I keep the CD in my car and I play it all the time. Sometimes I have it in earphones and on walks and things like that. Just listening, listening, listening. But there, I did not see a production before I agreed to do it. I'd never, I'd never seen it live on stage myself. Florencia as a piece has showed up in my life a couple times. The first time I heard it, I was in conservatory music, and a friend of mine sang Florencia's first aria in class, and it was the first time I had heard an opera in Spanish. At that time, I, I was very young. I didn't really know much, but I knew that this existed, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It was so beautiful, so rich, and she was a Mexican singer, and so the way she sang it, too, was just 
it's something about being a native speaker, singing in your own language. It was incredible. So that was the first time. The second time it came up again was the Met had, does this competition, the Met National Council Auditions. It's now called the LaFont Competition. But I sang Florencia's Act Two aria, and that was actually the first thing I ever did with the orchestra. When I first set foot on this stage for the first time and heard that orchestra play this score, I just about fell over. <laughs> it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So then after that, I did Florencia for the first time in Chicago Lyric Opera over the pandemic when everything was opening up again. And Rosalba, that first time was amazing to do. But this time around, meeting Rosalba a second time, I feel like I was able to dive deeper in her character, understand her, her why she is the way she is. And I mean, she's a young girl. She's very dedicated to her writing. She has to finish her biography on La Diva, Florencia Grimaldi. And to her, that's there's nothing else that matters in life but that. But she does realize and learn from Florencia herself that you have to let love in. You can't just keep your blinders on because that's not what life is about. Life is about living. A, you have to be open to what it brings to you. And love is kind of the answer to everything. Love, letting love in allows you to be a, a better human. All in all, a better artist, a better partner, a better sibling, you know, in all ways. And those are things that you can take from this opera and bring it to your everyday life. If you let love in, your whole life improves. Well, first of all, Mary reached out to us and to me and my co-director, Blair Thomas, and was like, would you like to work on this opera? And we were like, of course. The puppets that you saw in the final dress rehearsal were designed by Chicago Puppet Studio, which I co-direct in Chicago. It's a part of the Chicago International Puppet Theater Festival, and we do commissions, make things for theater and, and opera and dance. And we've worked with Mary before, so we were so delighted that she asked us to collaborate on this. And we started actually talking about, I would say, six to seven months ago, really deeply, about the type of animals that Mary was interested in, and also about even just the fact that we are trying to create on stage a representation of the Amazon, one of the most amazing, magical places that exist on this planet. If you think about it, it's almost impossible to actually recreate that power and majesty realistically in a way. But I think what Mary has tried to do and what we've tried to add to her work is to create uh, an imaginary space for the audience to enter into this place and to experience that awe and wonder in an in a artistic sense. And that's what the puppet's purpose is. They are not a trick or like something fancy to throw in there. They're really built about a lot of choices in the opera to help transport the audience and to support the emotional journey. 
And then in midsummer, we had a bunch of prototypes that we brought to the Met for their beginning of their technical rehearsals in preparation for the opera. So we showed a version of the alligators. We showed a version of the dolphins. And we also had the iguana. And we also brought in a marionette, a really tiny marionette of a monkey, because Mary had mentioned she wanted a monkey. And she fell in love with the monkey. She loved him. And as we were playing around with him, Peter Gelb invited us, the general manager, to go up to the family circle (laughs) because he is just so, the prototype was just so tiny. You know, of course, we we knew this too, and it was just, um, you know, a test, but it it also signaled that we really wanted to investigate making a marionette of very, very high quality and, and beauty for the piece. So... And the rest of the work has continued over the end of the summer until actually today. There were still some fixes, and the monkeys changed color during that period of time. So I think making an opera, and especially a new opera, it's an organic and responsive conversation between the designers and the directors and, and the fabricators of things. But it wasn't like on the first day of rehearsal we were like, we're finished, you know. It really takes being able to rehearse move and live with puppets to really get them to do what what they can do best. I will confess, I dropped the bottle today and I realized that was because in his painting process, his hand, which has a magnet in it, had a bit of paint on it. So the magnet was not sticking as strongly as usual. So it's always a tiny thing, but what was so exciting is that it's it's so live and it's right there and it's a live performance. and. It's, yeah, it's just a joy to perform in something like that. My lighting designer and I have been together for, I'm going to say, 35 years or more. From the very beginning, me and TJ Gherkins have been together, and I haven't done every single thing with him, but a lot. Ricardo Hernandez and I worked together. He's the set designer. He and I worked together, we say when we were just babies. He was just out of graduate school, and I was just starting to work in New York, and we did a Shakespeare in the Park together. And then when I got the offer for this, I thought, oh, Ricardo would be really good for it. And I was sort of pitching it to him. It's this story about this. It's by this composer, Daniel Catan. And when I finally finished, he said, well, you know, I knew Daniel quite well. I designed his last opera and I you know had a huge experience with him so he was very willing to do the opera of course but I didn't need to be explaining to him who Daniel Catan was. One thing Catan does the composer that I like so much as a director is that between almost every well between every scene he has a musical interlude sometimes of 30 seconds sometimes of three and a half minutes the longest one and as a director you just love that because how am I going to fill that how can I continue to tell the story and I had thought that it was important that we get a sense of movement movement on the Amazon the the music has watery movement all throughout it like just these little arpeggios that are these little watery movements that are either fast or slow, but they're almost always there. And I thought, well, how can we create some illusion of that? And so 
we have these two bright green walls and one of them can move in various ways so that it changes the shape of the river as it were on the on the floor we have a bright blue indigo blue floor and by moving these walls we get a little bit of a sense of the shape of the river changing particularly if you're up higher in the cheaper seats to tell the truth more than the orchestra you get that illusion and I didn't want to concentrate on the boat so much. I felt that in the music there's a lot of birds and butterflies and it feels to me like the life of the of the jungle, the Amazon. I thought, well, what if they're always floating by, you know, water lilies and animals like a hummingbird and a heron. So some of those are played by people, but then we also very importantly have these puppets. There's a lot going on. <laughs> It was honestly like Disney World almost. <laughs> Every single time uh, a puppet came, we're like, oh my gosh, that looks so cool. Then there were the piranhas and we're like, oh my gosh, those look so amazing. And honestly, also seeing the piranhas come to life, uh, our choreographer, Alex Sanchez, phenomenal, absolutely incredible. And he, the way he brought it to life, like kind of on the spot, it was like seeing it develop was so beautiful and brilliant and how also those dancers are so talented the way they learned it so quickly and they look like piranhas they move like animals the heron and the the hummingbird griffin and, and danara they're both beautiful beautiful dancers absolutely incredible so the whole process we're just gawking <laughs> we're gawking like oh my gosh it's so beautiful and i'll tell you the energy in the room was something magical it was electrifying we were all just so excited cheering each other on the actors on stage it really felt like we were all telling a story together not one part is more than the other we were a team we were all living in this world of florencia on the boat on the amazon on our way down and it was so cool it was honestly like cool if i i know i should use a different word than cool but cool was the word <laughs> it was a lot of fun my own aesthetic i hope is childlike. There's a great author, Willa Cather. She was Nebraskan and I'm from Nebraska. And she said, when she was all growing up and very famous, she said, I will never be the artist I was as a child. And allowing the audience to complete the images with their imagination is something this production really tries to do. I call it the backyard aesthetic. Like, what do you have in your backyard to make the scene that you want to pretend happen. And so for a boat, all we have is four rails, four railings that can change position to be the boat going different directions. Or we have the little steering wheel of the boat as well. So it's suggestive. And the animals and the plants as well, there's suggestion. It's like, what do we have that we can make this happen with? Now, here at the Met, those suggestions are incredibly sophisticated and aesthetically developed and perfect. But it is still, to me, when you enlist the audience in completing the image, in other words, you don't give them the whole image, you give them a suggestion, that creates a kind of collaboration and a kind of bond with them, a kind of friendship with them, an agreement where we're all making this together and it creates a kind of intimacy. Even our forest, you know, we don't uh, try and do a real forest with thousands of plants and one thing about real life is that it's always in motion. If you look, even on the stillest day, the stillest day, look at a tree and the leaves are stirring a little bit. The breath of life is there. So we embrace that and our entire jungle is represented by two curvy 
green emerald green walls with a kind of pattern of leaf upon them but it's not realism and yet we hope it evokes some essential greenness like the soul of green the soul of plant life How was your collaboration with the costume designer? So like the piranha head, was that puppetry? Was that costumes? Is that a blurry line? Well, it is a blurry line, but I think that's one thing that I really love about the way that Mary and the whole design team has conceived the show. The animals are not just one thing. They embody different parts of the design world, from the set to the costumes, obviously, to the actual physical puppets. Because uh, Anna Kuzmadnik, who's the um, uh, costume designer, was in, involved earlier, she had some inspirations for animals that she was already working with Mary. But it was really lovely to find how these objects were going to permeate the entire space and be used by all sorts of performers and be activated in many, many different ways, not just as a costume, not just as a puppet, as we would think of it, not just as a set piece. I will remember that the first time Yannick came into the orchestra room and, and, and just was conducting with the pianist, I remember how tickled he was with the animals. And he, like, he gasped a little when an alligator went by. And then when he saw the monkey riding on top of one of the alligators, he was like, he just chuckled. He was like, he's just like me. We are listening and feeling the power of that live music. There's nothing like it. There really is nothing like hearing an orchestra of that quality led by, by such a deft, maestro it's 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 just magical to be part of that and so we really really listen to what they're doing and to how they interplay with the singers What are some of your favorite moments? There are so many moments, especially the way Eileen Perez sings Florencia. We all just melt in the room every single time. Anytime she goes up and sings any of her piano high notes, piano being her soft, like really delicate ones, we're all melting. <laughs> it's honestly, anytime she goes up and sings, I'm just in awe. I also really love the transitions in between the scenes where you can hear like the birds in the in the orchestration, you can hear the insects, you can hear the water kind of rustling through the river in the actual texture of the orchestration. Those those moments are just so phenomenal to to just sit back and enjoy. They're juicy. When Rosalba and Florencia are talking, when she meets her diva, her icon for the first time, I just die because in real life, I'm also a big Eileen Perez fan. <laughs> and I have been since I was a college student. So to be singing on stage with one of my role models, biggest role models out there, I relate a lot to Rosalba 
who meets her icon, Florencia Grimaldi. And so when we sing with each other, I, I'm i like pinching myself. I'm like, I'm on stage with Eileen Perez. <laughs> and it's amazing. And, and she has been such, such a real life hero. She's been so sweet. She feels like a big sister. She's looked out for me this whole process. Yeah, I really feel that like big sister vibe with her, the way Florencia kind of takes Rosalba and teaches her a little bit more about life. I feel that in, in real life with, with Eileen. <laughs> It was liberating to be able to sing in a language that I have been speaking since birth. My parents came from Nicaragua and they made it a point to teach me Spanish since I was a child. And, you know, for so long as a kid, being a daughter of immigrants, I always tried to speak English as best as I could, as best as I could, because I wanted to assimilate. But as an adult and as I've grown throughout the years, really embracing my Hispanic heritage has been also another answer to life. It's, it's like, how, who, how else can I live if not be myself and embrace where I come from? And so singing in Spanish on the stage was something that, oh my gosh, it, if my ancestors could have seen me, I know they'd be so proud. I feel so proud of, everyone on this team of the administration here at the Met to, to choose to do a Spanish opera. It really, oop, I'm getting teary-eyed. <laughs> it brings me to tears to know that they care and they care about um, representing the full spectrum of humanity. We are in, we're represented so well and it has brought together everybody, everybody in this building. We have gotten together, um, all the Latinos that work here at the Met, we all got on stage and took a picture together. Everyone from, from the people that work in, in the IT department to house management to the kitchen, the, 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 the people that feed us every day, we all got on that stage together as a family. And it was something that's never been done here at the Met, never. But to see them walk on stage and look around for the first time, we, the, us as a cast, we're like, come, 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 because this is your stage too. What you, you're, you matter just as much as every single one of us. You're a part of this. This is your opera too. And we're, we're doing this not just for ourselves, but for each and every one of you. And for each and every person in the audience that comes, all the kids that get to hear it over the radio or, or get to see it in, in cinemas in, on December 9th. It'll be in cinemas all over the world. We're representing for a Latin population that exists, that is colorful, that is artistic, that deserves to be seen and heard. And it's just amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. I feel really proud to be a part of this. When people work together as a team, 
we share a, a vision and we're all committed to the vision. And that with that, the work that we put in is full of love because truly this has been a work of love. Putting this show up on its feet from day one, there has been no shortage of love going around. We're all cheering for each other. Thank you all so much for taking the time to talk with me about this beautiful piece today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much. And thank your listeners for appreciating and being drawn to this art form. As Gabrielle mentioned, Saturday, December 9th, 2023, theaters across the country will be showing this production of Florencia and El Amazonas as a Met Live and HD production. IPR will also be broadcasting the opera on air and streaming online starting at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Huge thanks to Mary Zimmerman, Tom Lee, Gabriela Reyes, as well as Chanel Williams from the Met for helping make today's episode possible. For Classical IPR, I'm Emily Duncan Wilson. Studio A is a production of Interlochen Public Radio, part of Interlochen Center for the Arts. Our recording engineer is Kelly DePasquale. Amanda Sewell is our music director. Our digital content manager is Emily Duncan Wilson. Learn more at interlockenpublicradio.org. Mm-hmm.